0: I'm Corey Strumman. Welcome to the Rochester Rising podcast, where we amplify the stories of entrepreneurs in Rochester, Minnesota. Thank you for spending some time with us today to learn more about small business and the culture of entrepreneurship in Rochester. We hope that you learned something today from a local entrepreneur that can help you with your own journey. Rochester Rising is a part of Collider, a Rochester-based nonprofit that activates, connects, and empowers early-stage entrepreneurs in our community. You can learn more about Collider and how our organization can help accelerate and assist your journey at Collider.mn. We release a podcast episode the second Wednesday of each month here at Rochester Rising, which you can find on the Collider website or wherever you best like to listen to your podcasts, including on YouTube. We also have many articles and videos that we have created over the years telling the stories of both new and very experienced business owners. You can find all of that content on our website. We launched Rochester Rising in 2016 to tell stories of entrepreneurship taking place within the city of Rochester, Minnesota, especially stories that otherwise would not have been told, and to take the time to understand each entrepreneur and what their experience has been like in this community. If you find value in this podcast, please consider donating and lending support to Collider's efforts to share the stories of Rochester entrepreneurs and inspire others on their journey. We use the local business for giving for our fundraising. You can find more information about our tip jar and how to donate through Forgiving in our show note. I want to take a moment to thank our storytelling sponsor, Fredrickson and Byron, for their support. Their Midwest-based law firm is known as the firm where law and business meet. Their attorneys provide practical legal advice and advocacy to help people achieve their business goals. Just as Collider amplifies the voices of Rochester's business community, Frederickson and Byron help new and growing businesses with a full range of services, combining a common-sense approach with decades of experience to get things done for clients. Without further ado, let's get started. This week on the podcast, we chat with local entrepreneur Josiah Hansen, who with his wife started the local leather goods business, Hansen Leather Company. Well, thank you joining me on the podcast today. I'm excited to hear your story. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Of course. Well, tell me a little bit about yourself. What are your hobbies and interests outside of Hanson Leather Company?
1: Well, I'll start off with my name. My name is Josiah Hanson and my wife Brianna and I uh, own the company and uh, we're based out of Rochester and I grew up here actually and my wife um, grew up in the Chicagoland area. Oh, sure. um, so we got married and then moved back here and yeah we've I've done the business a little longer than we've been married so she jumped in with it uh and yeah we've just been flying ever since uh it's been a good time um as far as like interests outside of Hanson Leather Co um I would say I, I love photography uh that stems back further actually than leather craft does um my mom used to have like a little camera, actually, oh, and really? I used to play with that a lot and just try different things with the camera and was it like so, an old film camera, or oh, I wish actually oh yeah, <laughs> I really wish um no, it was a digital camera, so that was like really cool at the time. I was like, oh my gosh, like a digital camera whoa. <laughs> yeah, totally um but actually, I would love to get into film photography at some point someday um that's a, an interest of mine as well
0: um. Yeah.
1: Other than that, coffee is a huge interest of mine. I know we've met at a couple of coffee shops before, yep, or c- definitely. come across each other. <laughs> um, but yeah, coffee, and uh, we love exploring the state of Minnesota. Uh, we're big fans. And so, yeah, that's just some things outside of Hanson Co that we like to do.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You guys are fun to follow on Instagram with all of your oh. <laughs> adventures, and obviously, your photography is awesome based Thank you. on that. Thank you. Um, so how did you first become interested in like hand craftsmanship and leather work?
1: okay so my dad and mom have always been handy and um, did a lot of um, they did a lot of projects on the DIY type stuff you could sure. say um, so I've always been interested in things like um, forging and uh, woodworking and stuff like that To be honest I didn't even know leather craft was a thing until much later on, um, sure. into my like teen years and stuff. So, um, but yeah, I was always interested in seeing people make really cool things out of just like raw materials and stuff like that, like wood and uh, metal and um, smithing too, like people that make jewelry and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I just always found that fascinating. So that's always been a part of my curiosity. And so when I was introduced to leather craft it just was perfect you know I just went down that rabbit hole and I never looked back pretty yeah, much
0: totally so, were you like in college or were you when did you get into it
1: yeah so I was in college um and my a buddy of mine that lives here in Minnesota um he worked at the leather guy down in St. Charles which is where we get a lot of our um leather from he challenged me to make a belt, which I still wear today. And oh, it's been like awesome. eight years. Yeah. So that speaks to the quality of leather
0: yeah, uh, that they have
1: there. And so, yeah, he taught me how to do that. Um, I went there and he showed me the things I needed to get and I made the belt and yeah, I didn't know what I was doing at the time. Cause I was just getting started, but Mm -hmm. YouTube has been a big help, to be honest. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I've watched hundreds of, well, probably thousands of hours by now of uh, other crafters and learning techniques from them, picking that up. Um, But yeah, that's how I got started was he challenged me to make a belt. And from there on, I had someone, there's always people that come up and ask you to make this for me. I've always wanted Mm -hmm. this dream thing. (laughs) Yeah. So the next thing was a wallet, which I did sell to the guy. And it was a piece of crap. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to lie. I had no idea what I was doing. He showed me a picture. He's like, can you make something like this? I was like, sure. So I didn't use a pattern, didn't use any of the proper tools. I just like made it happen and he (laughs) bought it. So, um, and since then I actually got that wallet back. So I have that first wallet, which is kind of cool. Oh, that's super cool. I replaced it with a better one.
0: Hey, nice. (laughs) You got to start somewhere. That's right. Yeah. Um, so at what point did you kind of decide to take that step from being like a hobbyist that took on jobs for like people you knew Mm -hmm. to doing it professionally?
1: Um, so starting out, you're just like learning all the things and new techniques. You're asking people questions and getting an idea of what, how, well, for me in my case, how leather works and how you can actually use it and what you can make with it and stuff like that. Um, so I did that for a bunch of years and Mm -hmm. I'm going on eight years now with leather craft as a, as a thing. Um, but really it was when I got back from school. Um, I was here at dwell local. Oh yeah. Uh, we were just visiting the place and checking it out and Paul, uh, he's like, We've got an Oktoberfest coming up, and he invited us to come to that. Well, actually, Bree, it started out because Bree was bragging about a bag that I made for her. as my first tote bag, and she's like, he was like, whoa, you made that bag? That's so cool. <laughs> um, and he's like, come on over to the Oktoberfest. And so that's where we got started the first time here. It was here in Rochester at Oktoberfest at Dwell Local.
0: That's really uh, when cool. When it was in
1: town. So that was really cool, and then to see people's reaction to stuff that I had made—I was just making a bunch of bunch of stuff, like a bunch of random stuff, you know, different bags and whatever. Um, but to see people's reaction to stuff we had made was really cool, and then to see people being willing to pay for it too was kind of a mind-blowing experience. Yeah. Um. So that was where I kind of got hooked. Was when people started to respond to stuff that we were making
0: sure do you remember what year that was not off the top of my head fair enough fair (laughs) enough no i i remember like i know from being in town and also have heard from a lot of people that do like craftsman type stuff or started Mm -hmm. small businesses that there was such a big boom in rochester in like 2014 2015 2016 where people just started like really getting interested in like local goods and like Mm -hmm local businesses and stuff like that. So
1: I was curious if it maybe it was have, around that time. It would have been around that time because I graduated in 2016. Okay, so sure. It'd have been about that time. Yeah. Cool.
0: Awesome. As you were getting started, I guess, on that more professional side of it, yeah. um, what were some of the bigger challenges that you faced during that time? Um, if any.
1: Oh, there were. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. So this is a good question. Um, one of the biggest challenges and we kind of just finally are getting a grasp with it is our coming up with our style,
0: mm, I guess you could sure. say.
1: Um, cause with leather craft, there's a, like a ton of different avenues you could go down. You could be all Western, you could be rugged looking, you could have like super high fashion bags. Um, you could do Scandi mod. So I was like all of these different avenues you could go down and mm-hmm. I didn't know what we were I, we sometimes we would have people say oh I love your style and I was like I don't even know what style it is oh sure <laughs> I just make what I like so um we started especially last year um we did shows just like crazy um it was almost every other weekend sometimes yeah. we'd had a couple days a couple of weekends where we did two shows in a day which is pretty wild <laughs> That sounds Um, like a lot. Yeah, we were pretty tired by the end of the day. But um, we were really focusing on our style and and nailing that down. And so we've decided to go in the direction of uh, women's handbags and purses and things like that and accessories. Um, But before, it was all over the board. Like I said, at that first show, we had Mm. all sorts of stuff and our booth looked rough. And we we try to be more curated now and be a little more professional looking and, uh, kind of have a cohesive, um, look to everything we put out. So that was one of the hardest things. And we just finally, this year decided where we're going with what we're making and the direction we're going
0: yeah oh that's awesome I uh the clutch that was made for me by you I absolutely adore I think my friend Rosie had you make it and it is one of my favorite pieces to this day I
1: do remember that was like two years ago yeah something something like that that.
0: and it has held up very well and it is so beautiful exactly (laughs) yes (laughs) I love it um I think kind of hinging off of that stylistic question where do you kind of bridge the gap between people asking you to make things and staying true to your style mm. now that you've figured it out
1: <laughs> a lot of saying no yeah yeah <laughs> which oh that could go right in there with uh the difficulties cuz you know you'd get a request for all kinds of stuff and your first reaction would be like yeah yeah I'll do it I'll do it and then you say yes and maybe you so you get paid and then you're sitting there thinking, now how do I do this? Because I just I still don't know all the different techniques of the different things that, that you use to make different leather goods. Like I've never mm-hmm. made an eye patch before. So <laughs> if someone <laughs> asks me, Can you <clears throat> can you make me an eye patch? and I'm like, sure. Well, I don't know how that works. So then I gotta spend the time to research that and you know, you really fall in the hole pretty quick with taking mm. those kind of projects. So, um, I've had to say no a lot to that. And really, if it does, doesn't fit in what I'm trying to do, like the style we're going for, I, I have to say no. And yeah. I kind of hate doing that, but at the same time I, I regret saying yes too. Right. if it's something that I really am not familiar with. And then I'm spending a lot of time doing that instead of what I And my goals are, and Mm -hmm. I I get sidetracked from my goals. So having to say no has been a big thing I've had to learn.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Do you find when taking jobs like that, you kind of factor in like, oh, if I have to spend all this time learning, I'm probably going to have to charge you more money. Oh yeah.
1: Because of this. Oh yeah, and you get burnt a lot at the beginning. (laughs) Yeah. Because you really don't know how long it's going to take you to tackle that job. Yeah. And so you, you know, you lowball it and then you get burnt at the end.
0: Right. Oh, that's frustrating. Well, so you've been doing a lot of shows over the past couple of years you yeah. mentioned. Um, did you find that the pandemic negatively affected the business? Okay.
1: Yes. And no. Well, yes, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Yes. Uh, but it also helped us, not, not helped us. Um, there were positive and negatives to the pandemic. So the We'll start with a positive. Um, we didn't have a website before the pandemic. That was oh, like okay. one of those dream things I needed to get done, you know? Sure. And I knew it needed to happen, but um, we had a show. We had a show that we paid for in advance, and then it got canceled in person. And so it went online. Well, we didn't have oh. a website, so I was like, oh, shoot, we got to have a website here in like four months or yeah, four weeks <laughs> even. I don't, I don't yeah. remember the hey, exact amount of time, but it was fast, and yeah. I was like, okay, so we'll get to start, we'll start working on a website. And um, then I realized how many photos you had to take for a website, especially an (laughs) e-commerce website. So we were going crazy um, getting that website up. So that forced us, gave us kind of a deadline to get those bigger projects done, Mm
0: -hmm. which is a blessing. Mm
1: -hmm. So we got that done. But at the same time, um, all of our shows that we normally would be doing um, got canceled. So It was just a long time of no shows. Um, So we took that time to really focus on what we actually were trying to do with the business. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes you can get bogged down with just like the nitty gritty and then you lose track of your main goal. Mm
0: -hmm. And so
1: we took our time to really think through our business and what direction we wanted to go with it
0: do you find that Rochester has always been a supportive community for yourself and for other small businesses?
1: I would say yes for us in our Mm -hmm. experience. Um, like I said before, our first show was here Mm -hmm. in Rochester. Um, and the folks that we have gotten to know here have been very encouraging, uh, to us in that. And yeah, I would, yeah, I have no problems with Rochester as far as being supportive of small business uh, in my experience. Yeah, it's been good.
0: Yeah, totally. And you feel that like the maybe the the show culture um, is always really accepting of new people coming in and, and stuff like that.
1: Yes. In my experience, mm-hmm. it has been good. Um, it's grown, I would say, since we started doing mm-hmm. them um, before... I mean, Thursday's downtown has been here for 18 years, something longer like than that, me. A long <laughs> yeah. time. So it's only last year that we started doing that one.
0: Okay, um, sure.
1: Because yeah, so we started doing that one last year. But then there was other um, smaller markets that we'd be involved in. Um, Blue Duck has mm-hmm. done, um, I think, Valentine's Day and in the holiday season. Yeah. Yep. Which has been really nice. Um, and then there was uh, the night market last year, mm-hmm. which was pretty wild. That was one of the ones that we did two in one day.
0: Oh, sure, sure, yeah, sure. We were yeah. in
1: Northfield in the morning, and then I came back and then immediately set up at the night market.
0: Oh my goodness, that's a little bit of a drive yeah. too. <laughs> it's pretty wild. <laughs> yeah.
1: So, makes- but yeah, the the shows have been they've been growing. There's been more opportunities mm-hmm. lately which has been awesome.
0: Yeah, that's exciting. I'm excited to see all the different ones that come about this year. I was excited to see the Night Market is coming back, which yeah, is exciting. That's Do you think awesome. you guys will apply to be in that again? I hope
1: so. Yeah. <laughs> we've we've already got shows planned through October.
0: Wow, I think. that's so, awesome. Yeah, good we for you. sat down
1: and, and got a bunch booked out. So, yeah, we'll see how it goes. Yeah. It's going to be a good summer.
0: Well, best of luck. Thank you. <laughs> So of the leather products that you make, what are some of your favorites to work on?
1: Um, So we've really been focusing on bags lately, Mm -hmm. uh, purses and handbags, clutches. (laughs) Uh, So that is what we're the most stoked about right now. Um, Brie actually did her first design, which we're pretty excited about. Oh, Um, awesome. The Iona, which we're doing the pre-order for now. Um, So that's... We have we looked at our, our collection of bags and there was a couple gaps and that is one that we're filling the gap with is mm-hmm. the Iona. So it's like a, a, shoulder bag. Um, and when we design things, we we're trying to keep kind of, we call ourselves aspiring minimalist because <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of a hard thing to keep track of and, and to keep doing. Um, so, um, our designs are a little bit more that we want to be clean design, Mm -hmm. have clean designs, um, kind of a minimalist style to it. Sure. Uh, functional of course. Um, so that the design that she had in her mind, we were able to execute it, which was a good feeling because sometimes you'll have a design in your head and Mm -hmm. then it doesn't come across in like 3d form at all. (laughs) Sure. So it came together and yeah, we're pretty excited about it. And now this is Bree's first design. So hopefully she'll have some more ideas in the future. Yeah. So I, yeah, it was really cool to have her as a part of the process.
0: That's exciting. That's awesome. Good for her. Do you prefer the design process or the manufacturing process? Or is it a tie?
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's tough. Okay. So there's a part of the design process that I love. I love to just like sit down and, at a coffee shop. <laughs> <laughs> I like to sit down and, and think of ideas, like brainstorm. I love that part of it. I love like sketching it out on paper. I'm a terrible artist, but <laughs> I sketch it out on paper and try to figure out how we could actually execute it. But then there's a part of the process where you're getting really into the nitty gritty and you're like eighths of an inch this and that. Oh, and man. then that part is, you know, you start getting bogged down. Then I start losing excitement.
0: Sure. <laughs> but
1: when you get your first. Prototype done, that then you're I'm back. You know, it's really exciting to see that first prototype come to life. Um, but then I also really like the manufacturing part of it. Um, it's kind of, um, you could say, therapeutic. Sure. You know, I used to hand stitch everything, uh, which was therapeutic until you're doing a bunch of bags, and it was really not therapeutic anymore. <laughs> uh, but I I do love you know getting into the shop and having my list of things to make like a couple bags and a couple you know wallets or something like that Mm -hmm. and then just like start knocking it out you know put some tunes on or a podcast and then just start going to town I do enjoy that part of it too yeah so kind of a tie I guess you would say
0: yeah what are your some of your favorite shop tunes I'm all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have a favorite. I'm Fair the worst enough. when it comes
1: to favorites.
0: Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough.
1: Mostly listen to podcasts, to be honest. And I've really gotten into documentaries because I can just like have it in the background. And oh, It's almost sure. like a podcast because I don't yeah. have to watch it all the time. Yeah. So documentaries have been huge lately. Nice. Yeah.
0: One of my favorite uh, documentaries is Your Dreams of Sushi. I don't know if you've watched that one. I haven't. What's that on? Um, It was on Netflix for a while. Okay. I think it might still be. Okay. But highly recommend if you haven't seen it yet. So where do you source your leather from?
1: Okay. That is a good question, too. Uh, St. Charles is where we um, were first introduced to leather. Okay. And it's only like, I'm going to probably get this wrong, 30 Forty minutes from here. That sounds about right. So it's it's an easy drive. Um we get all of our natural veg tan leather. That's kind of a um that's that the um natural colored one. Sure that we use. Uh we get all of that there and then some other leathers there. But then we also get some leather from a tannery in Pennsylvania called Wicked and Craig. Okay. So it's
0: uh quite
1: local. Mm-hmm. you could yeah. say.
0: Sure. Did, was it hard to select them? Like, obviously you want a really high quality product and I wouldn't yeah. even know where to start with choosing like a high quality leather. I could get real nerdy with it if you <laughs> want. It's <laughs> totally up to you. No, you'd uh, not care. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Fair enough. Probably. Um, yeah, there was a process of, uh, working through all a bunch of different leathers to figure out what wor- what works best for us. Um, but then also what works best for individual projects. So, you know, you, there are some leathers that are more stiff and some that are more, uh, you know, flexible. Mm-hmm. And so you can use those for different projects. Um, and some just won't work with other projects. So learning that those are like the nuances of leather craft sure. and, um, yeah, it took a while to figure out. And also they come in different thicknesses and stuff, which sure. is important too, uh, when it comes to constructing a bag, cause you don't want way too thick of a bag mm-hmm. and then turns into this heavy, massive monster that no one wants. Sure. <laughs> so yeah, there are the, all those little things that you had to work through. Sure.
0: Well, what are some future plans for Hanson Leather Co?
1: Well, I have got 9 million dreams <laughs> <laughs> and not enough time for all of it. Um, the dream is to go full time with yeah. the business.
0: Because you work part time at the at Mayo right I do. now. Correct? Yes. Okay. Yeah.
1: So oh sorry. Do you say part time? I did. I do work full time.
0: Oh you do? Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah, I didn't I realize do work that. Full time
1: at Mayo. Wow, so, what do you do at Mayo? I'm in the pharmacy.
0: Okay. Um, okay. Pharmacy technician. All right. Well so, so this is like really a side side hustle then. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I. so okay. So I've just recently started calling myself a leather craftsman that also works at a hospital. I love it. <laughs> so that's, that's kind of how I have to think about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do put in a, a decent amount of hours into the business. Um, I get home. I usually start at 530 and work till ten, eleven at night. My goodness. So that's <laughs> that's my routine. Um I get home and I eat and make a cup of coffee and I drink coffee up until 11. So (laughs) (laughs) I really like this stuff. Well, Um, that's good. (laughs) Yeah, it keeps me going. Yeah. So, um, but but as far as dreams go, that is the dream to go full time. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, I don't know, the dreams, right? Like... I think it would be the coolest thing to design a space like a storefront. That'd mm. be like the dream. That'd be so amazing. I yeah. love like curation and some people are just so good at taking a space and making it so inviting and completely fitting the vibe that they're going for. And I think that would be really cool someday. Who knows? Dreams. Yeah. yeah,
0: absolutely. That'd be amazing. Well, what advice would you give to others that are kind of considering starting a small business or turning their hobby into a small side business.
1: Well, I can only speak from experience, of course. <laughs> um, but I will say, um, you just gotta. I feel like some of some of these things, you just have to really put in the time um, and be ready for the opportunity when it comes up, and then take the opportunities. Because and everyone's story is going to be a little dif- different. So I have friends that you know started around the same year that I did with this business. And they got certain opportunities and they were on top of them and now Mm. they're doing it full time or, you know, so everyone's story is a little bit different and depending on what type of business it is also that changes things. But yeah, just like putting in the time and, uh, learning the, if it's like a craft or something or like, uh working with your hands like you get you got to put in the time of learning the craft so you can become professional yeah of course Uh, so I feel like a lot of the time that I've been doing this has been about learning the craft and now I'm finally getting into the business side of it which is really exciting to me to learn business so Mm -hmm. and that's like those are like two different things but in order to make the one thing happen going full-time you have to learn both of them so yeah I just gotta
0: put in the time Absolutely. On all fronts. Yes. Well, thank you so much. This was great. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Always fun.
1: Love talking about our story.
0: Yes. Love hearing it. And I'm excited to share it. Thanks so much to Josiah for sharing his story. You can learn more about Hanson Leather Co. by checking out the link in our show notes. And thank you for tuning into the podcast today. We are so appreciative of your time spent listening and your support of our work here at Collider. If you know an entrepreneur who would benefit from the conversation today, please share this podcast with them so they can benefit from the experience of other business owners in the community.